Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. Sister? Hey, howdy, hey, how are you? Uh, that sounds like the Mr. Rogers intro. <laughs> You're back. Welcome to my neighborhood. You can speak. Yes. Yeah. I, I have survived. You have survived. At least to this point, I have survived my uh, deadly illness. <laughs> Num- pneumonia or whatever the heck it was. You were just foobarred the whole week, weren't you? Oh, yeah. I, well, the week, like three two, weeks. Three weeks? I mean, uh, you know, I was sick at the, uh, the BN anniversary party. I was dying. <laughs> It was pretty bad. I couldn't even tell. You were just totally like, hey. I was just like, uh, you know, I, I just stood there and yeah, pretty just, much I, I tried to talk to people and uh, and kind of hang in there and, and tough it out. Wow. And uh, it was it was pretty bad. And, uh, you know, the next day I got up, you know, like at 7 or 6.30 because I, I really couldn't drink anything either. I was that bad yeah. off. And uh, the next the next uh, day I got up like 7, I pulled up a jacks in the rv and took off i got home i i just barely made it home wow the drive home almost killed me wow and i just crawled in and and died on the couch and uh i just kept getting worse and worse and and i'm going to the hospital wow like three days after the anniversary or four days or monday or two i don't even know what day it was wow Uh, my wife probably knows but i don't i don't even recall but um it must, it must have been Monday, because, uh, I don't know, because Tuesday I was supposed to fly out for uh, the, the NHC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, now I went to the doctor, it must have been Monday then, Monday morning. So Sunday I, I laid there on the couch and I just got worse. And so Monday morning went down to my regular doctor. Yeah. He looked at me and he said, you know, you need to go to the emergency room. Your doctor said that to you. Yeah, he's like, like uh, we could start yeah. things here, but you need to go to the emergency yeah. room so we can make sure everything's done to uh, take care of you. And I uh, went down to the emergency room, and I was in really bad shape. And I told my wife, I said, make sure they get a gurney. I said, get yeah. a gurney. And I just was laying there in the car. I'm like, gurney. gurney. She's like, gurney? Here. I'm like, get a gurney. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and so I could hear her asking for a gurney. And they're like, nah, I don't have any gurneys. You know, they don't want any people laying around there. Wow. So they get a wheelchair. And uh, I'm like, I can't sit up. I can't sit up. Yeah. You know, and, uh, Were you like spinning or? Just I, I was, yeah, just, just so weak I couldn't even sit up. Wow. So I sat in the wheelchair for a while. And then uh, after... 
oh, I don't know, maybe it was 15 minutes or so. I don't know how long I was able to sit up. I, I just fell you onto fell the floor. Right out of the out wheelchair. Out of the wheelchair, yeah. That was it. I, I just, like, you know, Your turned to jelly, just... and, you know, the muscles couldn't hold me up any longer. <laughs> oh, shit. And I just, like, hit the floor. Oh, man. And the then they, they came better. out, and they're like, you know, you can't lay on the floor. <laughs> but I'm comfortable. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> and anything. then I'm thinking, you know, flesh-eating bacteria. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, but, maybe I'll get up. You know, I, but I think, that, you know, they saw me sooner because yeah. they realized how sick I was. But wow. they did horrible things to me, horrible things. And you, you had a spinal tap. Yeah, yeah. And there's some oh, yeah. homebrewing, like, love between this experience <laughs> well, and no. the story? Uh, there I am, grabbing my ankles and, uh, you know, being prepared to take it from behind uh, from the doctor. And uh, and uh, as he's, you know, stabbing it into me, he, uh, you know, he's trying to engage me in conversation to kind of distract me from what they're doing to me. Yeah. And uh, first they talked about work and software. I'm like, no, no, no. I said, beer. I do beer. I do beer. Because, <laughs> like, oh, you know, so we kind of started conversing about that. And he's like, I used to, you know, back when I was going to school, had a bunch of uh, roommates and a bunch of bachelors. And we had an extra room and it became our beer room. And we did all our fermenting in there. And he's like homebrewer. Awesome. And he'd given up homebrewing once he came out and started uh, practicing. But, uh, you know, I could did tell he better? was. <laughs> he was only a you know a brief step away from from being a home brewer again. <laughs> yeah. You almost converted him, the Pope. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I felt as long you know if he's going to get that intimate with me, the fact that he's home brewer made it made it a lot better. He's your brewing brother. Yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I came prepared. I brought a, a mask. <laughs> I got some latex gloves Close. here. Oh, good. And good. I got the uh, sanitizer. So, all right. Let I me see. know if I need to wear this during the show or not. Just Actually, I came prepared too. I put a whole bunch of talcum powder all over my junk. You yeah. Because <laughs> it's like a hundred and yeah. God knows how much in the studio. It is, yeah. And, it's better uh, than last year. It's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be some serious nut sweat on this uh, on Three this hours. chair here. Oh my god! You're gonna be sponging it up afterwards there, Justin. <laughs> we'll put chat on some sweaty balls, right? <laughs> what sucks for you is that you're already sponging up Dr. Scott's, Scott's from uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It, it did give a little <laughs> squish sound when I sat down. <laughs> yeah, that's gross. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Dr. Scott and I, we we could share these sorts of things. It's <laughs> yeah. <all right. laughs> He probably talcum powder too, so you, you'll be all right. He talked up, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I see some white powder traces here. You never know in this studio, but yeah, it could it could be uh, talcum powder. So I heard you were actually physically trying to take your head off. You had mentioned, yes, like yes. you were in such pain, your head wasn't even there or something. It was, yeah, just, no, I was pulling on my head, and in my delirium, I was trying to pull my head off to get rid of the pain. Wow. And, you know, if I had been stronger, you know, if I wasn't so weak, <laughs> I, I been... probably could have broken my own neck. Wow. You know? Yeah. So, uh, I guess, you know, nature has its ways Apparently. of uh, protecting you from yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Rip the head off. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd kill yourself yeah. in a situation like that. It was it was absolutely brutal. And they gave me uh, some sort of morphine substitute shot. How was that? Uh, you know, a nurse comes in. She goes, I got to tell you, this is going to hurt a lot. <laughs> And I'm like, what? I'm like, don't tell me that. Just sneak up on me. Yeah. She goes, no, no. She says, uh, this is gonna hurt. I really needed to let you know. She says, uh, it hurts a lot. I'm like, well, you know, this is supposed to be like some painkillers. She goes, well, it's the stuff they mix it with Oof. to make it more effective. Uh-huh. She says, it, it really hurts. I'm like, all right. I don't really don't care at this point. Just, you just you know, a spinal just, tap. You know, yeah, yeah. Jab it in me. Yo, go for <laughs> I'm it. I'm ready. And she stabs it in there. I'm like, it's uh, and nothing. And then. As soon as she pumps it in there, boy, it starts burning. My arm hurt for about two 
two weeks. Oh, I shit. I could still feel it. Uh, and I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't imagine. Oh, I'm getting, I, you know, oh. It was good for the first, like, you know, half a day or so until it wore off. I have a thing about needles. I'm yeah. visualizing and when, when, when the uh, When the thing wore off, it was... Uh, you know, uh, then my arm really hurt, but uh, by then I was, you know, the head pain was under control. So yeah, they they they've stuck me all full of needles. I you know blood tests and uh, you know spinal tap and you know uh, f- several shots and a bunch of different things. Your poor family. I mean, they must have been freaking out. I'm like, what's wrong with dad? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, you know, that, it, it, I probably just looked to uh, you know. Like I do after a Sunday show or something, right. you know. They're <laughs> thinking, "Ah, oh, Dad's got his drink on. That's all." He's got his drink on. <laughs> yeah. Same sort of uh, crying and uh, you know pulling on my head. What? Oh man, it's killing me. <laughs> Must you know? be the homebrew. Yeah. <laughs> Must be all that beer you drank, Dad. Well, welcome back. Why, thank you. I'm sure there's thousands of people. They were very concerned for you. So, well, at least there's maybe three or four people that were concerned, and you know, yeah. I had to say a thousand at least, but <laughs> yeah, make it sound good. A lot of people at NHC were very concerned for you. So. Oh, well, you know, and I, I tell you, that was the one thing that I regret missing the most was, uh, you know, not being able to go to NHC and not being able to do the show there. I was really looking forward to it, and so I, was I. afterwards I thought all the things that uh, I, I I missed there, and that was the thing that uh, you know. I missed most was the opportunity to do a live show there at the uh, at the conference. Well, it only took three other people to fill in for your shoes. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? there you go. Yeah, it was a good show, but yeah, we missed you. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought you guys did a did a great job, even without me. Yeah, which and, made me more than anxious to get back and and do. Uh, now we're making shows up with here. three hours. We're gonna do three, <laughs> three. You bitches. Let's do the whole year right now. Yeah, that's right. Let's do it. I'll show you what I can do. We have a marathon of styles. That'd we'll be do fun. three. Back to back to back. Oh, my We're God. We're going to do American Stout, then uh, you do Belgian Blonde, then North German Alt for all you people who are listening live. Mm-hmm. If you're listening uh, on the archives, it's going to be, uh, you know, two weeks in between each that you get. This one that we're doing right now it should be out on the uh, 14th, which uh, we can't do the 14th because John's got uh, tied up on that. And then uh, every two weeks after that. And after this series here, we're going to do Old Ale after, after uh, North German Alt. Wow. Like six weeks. So it's gonna okay. be like you know, sometime in 2010. I don't know. So that's when it's gonna air. <laughs> it's gonna be old. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, uh, the show and all those all those shows, they're gonna be brought to you from uh, yeah, Northern, Northern Brewer. Brewer. Northern Brewer keeps there us rolling, go. keeps the uh, lights on, keeps uh, keeps us supplied with talcum powder during the uh, sweaty months. <laughs> the AC kind of on, you yeah, know. The AC on, keeping yeah. this uh, place less than. Uh, Really freaking hot that it is outside. That's brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Dry. Or, it looks like L.A. to me. The, the good thing is we're going to do like three shows here. We, we don't have to come back to like fall. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be much cooler here by the time so we, we meant come to back. This. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's part of our plan. Work, work out just fine. Oh. Work out just fine. And uh, also, if you're... Uh, if you're of a mind to help support this uh, this program and the other great programs on the Brewing Network, you get yourself to the uh, Brewing Network store. Go to thebrewingnetwork.com, click on the store link there, buy yourself a, a BYO subscription. There you go. Uh, a good chunk of that goes to uh, the Brewing Network, and uh, you'll find my uh, style profile column in there every, every issue. And you can also... Uh, Sign up for the AHA, become an AHA member, and protect uh, the rights of homebrewers everywhere. Plus, you get a great magazine in Zymergy. Absolutely. Good stuff there. Killer lots article. Of, lots of discounts. Yeah. Uh, lots of great stuff. And uh, also, you get a discount to the uh, uh, NHC, Homebrewers uh, Conference, which is... There you go. 
Absolutely fantastic. It's worth it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For me, you know, it, it it pays for itself. Yeah. There's no, you know, no question about it. Plus, there's a All killer the discounts and stuff. book in there too. I mean, brewing yeah. classic styles. Brewing I think classic it's styles. Yeah, you can yeah, get that in go. the in the store as well. Yeah. And uh, you know, we're gonna do ourselves uh, the American Stout out of that book. Yeah, we are. Oh yeah, yeah. Page uh, one seventy three. Class, turn to your uh, your brewing classic styles books. I look forward to that day when they're actually going to have like this podcast in the background, the book in front. Yeah, you know, there you go. <laughs> There's people oh, who high do schools. already. I there you go. Oh, you know, all the high schools. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. start them early. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they won't be uh, learning to grow their own pot. They'll be learning to <laughs> Make uh, their own beer, brew classic styles. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to do American Stout. Hey, you uh, got a little description for American Stout? Do. Yes, we do. And we actually have a classic example. I which brought is in delicious. Taking some sips. Let's see, an American stout, um, and the aromas get a medium to strong uh, aromas from the roasted malts, like coffee or dark chocolate. Uh, you should definitely get some medium hop aroma, usually an American hop, like a Cascade or a Centennial. Some esters are acceptable, but you don't want it over the top. It should be a clean fermented beer, and uh, it should complement the hop aroma. Visually, it's black in color. It is stout, but some versions can be lighter with like brown highlights. Um, and the flavor, strong. You get like strong roasted malts, but not astringent. Should have hints of coffee, chocolate on the palate. Can have some low sweetness with rich chocolate caramel flavors, but the hop fl- flavor can range anywhere from low to high. So it's definitely open with the hop schedule here. And the finish should definitely finish dry. Sometimes medium, but preferably dry. Uh, overall, it's a dark, hoppy, firmly roasted ale with. A firm hop backbone to it. So, and have you had uh, good examples of the stuff? Just one I'm drinking right now. That's yeah, pretty good. This yeah. is the uh, Mad River Steelhead Extra Stout. Uh, it's it's you know the lesser of the examples according to the uh, BJCP style guide because uh, they put them in order. You mm-hmm. know, so the uh, the best example would be perhaps the Rogue uh, Shakespeare Stout. Uh, you know, I've had that down there. That's yeah, that's over the that's top. Good. That's really that's over malty. That's a, a real big beer yeah. and a lot of uh, uh, aggressive hopping as well. Yeah, firm bitterness and uh, this one is uh, it's got all that same roasty character, but uh, uh, less in the hop department. Yeah, and I think it's a little less alcohol than the uh, than the Rogue product. I get like more of an espresso flavor. Yeah, yeah. This is real coffee like. Yeah, and and that's the thing is. Uh, you know, there's for an American stout, uh, it needs to have some aggressive roasty characters. Almost, uh, I would say it's it's more like you know Russian Imperial than it is you know foreign extra. Wow! And I'd say you know it's it's pretty close to Russian Imperial in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I think um, uh, you know the the thing that. Uh, yeah, the and and one of the things about um, American Stout is again the the hopping. Okay. So if if you want to brew one that's the style, you really just need a firm bitterness that's kind of balancing out a lot of that uh, uh, any sweetness that might be there. Okay. You don't necessarily need much hop character. But if you want to do well in competition, you really, you know, let's say, you know, two people have, uh, you know, the same 
level of roast character, and and they're both uh, brewed quite well, and the bitterness is the same, and and the only thing that's different is one has some noticeable hop character and aroma, okay, kind of American, you know, citrusy varieties sure. that kind of seem to kind of go with it. That one's going to win over the one that doesn't have it, just based on the aroma of the hop. This yeah, I just think. Uh, the the judges in general will kind of expect that in in the American style. Sure, it's it's okay not to have it, yeah. but I think you get extra credit for pulling off having it. Huh. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this because that seems pretty hard to do, getting that great hop aroma, but mm-hmm. balanced with a dark malt. Right. Like I mean, that's I think it's pretty tough to do as a home brewer. Because yeah. can they clash at all? Oh yeah, yeah. But okay. uh, I think uh, you know the the citrusy tends to stick out. Okay. So it's not too hard to get in there. You just don't want to go you know crazy over the top. Okay. But it tends to be fairly prominent. Hmm. Now, would you dry hop the beer? You think uh, just to pull this off? You think you could? Okay. You could I think? Uh, in a way, some of that resiny kind of dry hopping may not be so great for this, but you could. Okay. You know, you could. Now, you were saying it's similar to a Russian Imperial style. I mean, the beer I'm drinking right now has that Russian Imperial quality, that, right, that right. chocolatey mm-hmm. maltiness kind of. And a little bit of But not the alcohol. alcohol. Yeah, a little well, bit. Not as much, though. Right, right. Huh. And that's the thing uh, also with... Uh, uh, American stout. You don't want to have uh, a hot alcohol. You want some alcohol, and you know it should be you know a little bit warming. It should be a fairly uh, a bigger beer. Sure. But uh, you know it shouldn't be hot in any way. Okay. You know it it still needs to be you know drinkable by the pint type of beer. And that would probably because it's pretty fairly dry beer. I mean even though it's yeah. malty mm-hmm. and sweet. Yeah, flavor, but yeah, some of them are have more sweetness than others. Uh-huh. This one actually has a fair amount of sweetness. It's, it's got a dry finish, but it's got a fair amount of sweetness. And a lot of them, um, uh, you know, they can range from being pretty dry to being, uh, you know, have a, a substantial bit of sweetness to them. Hmm. Well, the guidelines say like they range from ten fifty to seventy five. Now, mm-hmm. if you were entering a beer in the competition, would you shoot for the high end? Do you think? Yeah, I'd, I'd, bold, I'd, or? I'd, I'd tend towards the higher end. <laughs> Just the range, maltier and more hops. Yeah, kind of stand up. Yeah, a little bigger. Okay, bigger and a little, you know, enough alcohol. Now, here's the thing: if uh, if you're one of those brewers where your alcohol seems to stick out, yeah. then go with a smaller one. Okay, but if you can brew a big beer and have the alcohol be real subtle, remember like the Speedway Stout we right. had, oh, yeah. you know, twelve percent. Yeah. Um, you couldn't was, you couldn't detect any alcohol until until you started getting tanked <laughs> midway through the show. Too. Yeah, that yeah, was awesome. So. Uh, um, uh, you know, if if you have trouble hiding your alcohol, then uh, you can go a little smaller. If you're if you're good at hiding it, then go bigger because you know people are going to complain there's not enough alcohol always. Hmm. It's a delicious beer, this one. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Very good. Yeah, nice beer. Hmm. I get like a kind of like a caramelly, this over yeah. the top lingering like caramel candy. Uh huh. Yeah, especially as it warms up, it gets yeah. it gets much sweeter and. Uh, more uh, fruity and caramelly and more alcohol noticeable as well. Hmm. Pretty good, though. Yeah, we'll take a break. And when we come back, we will get into uh, the recipe for this, right? Yeah. Okay. From your book, of course. And right after this. (laughs) 
Oh, crap. It's the hop shortage. No, not the organic, free-range, oyster Russian imperial coffee stout. It's all gone. We'll never brew again. Damn this hop shortage. Damn it to hell. Oi. away off your wee f***ing hop shortage, who are you? A f***ing Scottish 80 shilling and you can't have blew a Scottish 80 shilling like you was mixing f***ing cement with f***ing hops instead of gravel, you great f***ing ass. Use less hops, brew more beer. Northern Brewer has kits and ingredients for dozens of worldwide beer styles that don't require a lot of hops to make a great pint, like the bloodthirsty and abusive Scottish 80 shilling. Keep drinking great beer. Order at northernbrewer.com and get flat rate $7.99 shipping anywhere in the contiguous U.S. One beer kit, $7.99 shipping. One million beer kits, $7.99 shipping. Together we can beat this hop shortage. My Lambic! It'll only f***ing help it. What have you gotten out of a vial of White Lab's yeast? WLP-001. Cal Ale, baby! 23, Burton Ale. 008, East Coast Ale. Cal Common, WLP-810. It's gonna be WLP-400 with beer. I got a sweet hoodie for my vial. Huh? White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast, would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. Free yeast, glassware, t-shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew your own clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Did you know that every day a brewcaster goes to bed hungry? Did you know that that brewcaster is silently calling for the help of people just like you? Do you know that every day the unicorn and the rainbow have to blow sailors for loose change? For less than the cost of a half-calf, quad-shot, venti, extra-hot, soy milk, triple-pump, hazel, low-fat foam, double-cupped macchiato a day, you can help starving adults in Pacheco. Your love can be felt for as little as seven cents a day. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate to sign up today for as little as $2 a month. Private first class in the BN Army. Buy your way up the ranks as corporal, sergeant, ranger, or colonel with an easy-to-do monthly donation that keeps brewcasters alive and your favorite internet radio station broadcasting. No donation is too small to help those in need. Can't you find it in your heart to share your love with a brewcaster? In return, you will enjoy the wealth of knowledge that comes with every episode of the session. The Jamil Show and Yes even that other show. Thank you for listening, and please sign up for your donation at thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate today. You're listening to The Brewing Network. back yeah we are we're in the middle of a threesome i mean a threefer threefer yeah <laughs> it's not bad a threesome <laughs> threefer well the fact that it's like you me and uh, chad uh, don't don't think that's gonna work well maybe three hours and won't be, uh, be all right. <laughs> yeah. a little more of that stout yeah you ready here you go <laughs> uh, hmm. yeah we're talking about american stout good old american stout and uh <clears throat> all right so the recipe i got here uh, out of uh, the award-winning recipes in 
Over 80 award-winning recipes in brewing classic style. Absolutely. Which you can find in the Brewing Network store. You can even get them signed. Yeah. I've yeah. seen homebrewers come into the store. Yeah. Just shredded book. Just <laughs> stains all over Chad. it. Chad, but a few other guys, just like, that's, you can tell they're sleeping with it. It's, <laughs> you tell from the, the used yeah. condoms uh, used as bookmarks? Exactly. Yeah. They're sleeping with it. Yeah. 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 Or is that what you meant it's, by sleeping with it? Close, no. but under the pillow, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good karma. Popeness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So, a recipe here for, uh, this, this makes uh, six gallons at the end of the boil. Yeah. Okay. You always have to clarify. Yeah, you know, five and a half into the fermenter, five in your your finished uh, keg or bottles, and uh, at seventy uh, percent efficiency, and uh, using the Rager formula for hops and the Mori formula for color, we are going with uh, original gravity at ten seventy two, finishing gravity at ten seventeen, which is about a seventy five percent apparent attenuation, seventy three IBU. Whew. You went hoppy. 45 SRM. Nice dark, you know, black as night. Yeah. Uh, and uh, bitter. Uh, 7.2% alcohol by volume. Wow. And uh, for this bad boy, you're going to start with American uh, Pale Malt, American Two Row, as okay. your base. All right. You can use a uh, you know a maltier type of base malt like uh, Marisot or something like that, but it just tends to be too much. You know, American Stout should still be a fairly clean pub-style beer. Sure. If you get too much of a maltiness going in there, it just kind of becomes overwhelming, especially with this much malt. Right. Okay? If you're an extract brewer, you're using a, a light uh, liquid malt extract. You can use 10.8 pounds or 4.9 kilograms. Uh, in in grain, that would be 15 pounds or 6.8 kilograms of a uh, American two-row malt. It's a big beer. Wow. Yeah, so there's, you know, with that much malt, if you when you go with these other types of grains, it it, it has a substantial effect. Sure. If you're doing something small, uh, you know, the the bitters, beers like that, uh, there's not a whole lot of grain there. You really need those uh, richer base malts in order to bring some f- more flavor to it and some right. rich maltiness. Right. right? Sure. When you get to the real big beers, when you do that, they become like barley wines. They become overwhelming. It's too you know, great for an English barley wine. Yeah. Not so great for an American-style stout. Hmm. Right? Uh, your other grains that you're going to use, uh, black roasted barley at 500 degrees love. John's got to take off his rubber gloves. There you go. Okay. God knows what we do in the studio during the breaks, huh? <laughs> <laughs> See, I wasn't there at the NHC, <laughs> and so you, you couldn't, we couldn't do our regular break stuff and let, let people be... I'm, I brought all that with me, wild. just in case you showed up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so roast the barley, 500, 500 uh, love a bond, a pound or uh, point, uh, 0.45 kilograms. Chocolate malt at 420 love a bond, three-quarter pound or 340 grams, and the same amount of a crystal 40 love, uh, three-quarter pound or 340 grams. Wow. And that's your grain bill. For uh, a uh, all-grain brewer, you're going to mash at 154 degrees Fahrenheit, 68 degrees C. Okay. Uh, if you're an extract brewer, you go with your, your regular steeping process and, uh, again, the uh, the light uh, extract. Most of the lighter, the pale extracts will get you right in that zone of kind of a... I feel that most of the uh, extracts on the market that uh, are pretty common, at least around here, 
they get you pretty close to uh, like a 152 Fahrenheit to 154 Fahrenheit. Mash. So that's good then for the style. Or- yeah, okay. I, I think it fits right in there with most most beers in there. Anywhere, anything from like 150 to 154, you can use most of these extracts. You're you're close enough. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Well, you talk about that temperature a lot. That mm-hmm. that's like your sweet spot. This is a G spot in your home brewery. Yeah, the 154 range. The now, G spot with the. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, with the American Stout, though, if you went too dry, let's say 148, even though you want a dry beer, can the dryness and the low mash temp bring out more harsh roasted flavors, potentially? Uh, yeah, I suppose that's possible. And, uh, you know, I, I like to have quite a bit of body and chewiness to, to this beer. Okay. You know, leave, leave a lot of, uh, uh, make it stout. Stout, chewy, but finishes yeah, dry. Right. And, uh, hmm. you know, the interesting thing is, I, I think that's almost like an American type of thing to do. <laughs> because if you go with a lot of the you know classic dry stouts, they're very thin. There's not a lot of body to them. You know, yet they're called stouts, and, you know, we, we want our stouts to be stout. Yeah. So uh, I, I think a good a good uh, a bit of body to it uh, is, is appreciated as well. I just got that theme song, America, fuck yeah. That's what I started thinking about when I was, you're talking about the stout beer. <laughs> <laughs> not heard that song. Okay, sorry. Uh, it's uh, not on my uh, iPod. We go big here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. Didn't mean yeah, to it, you know, if my head. kids can't listen to it, uh, you know, if the language is inappropriate. Uh, yes. You know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, let's see here. Hops, I like to go with a, a good, clean, bittering hop and one that has uh, you know, a fair amount of alpha acid, so you're not putting a big ton of uh, vegetable matter in your beer. Uh, I like Horizon, Magnum, uh, any of those that are, that are uh, substantially uh, high alpha acid and, and fairly clean on the bittering. So I use uh, 13 per, uh, the Horizon at 13% alpha acid. I use pellet hops, a 60-minute edition, 1.4 ounce or 40 grams. Gives you about 67.4 IBUs using the, the Rager formula. Okay. Uh, for flavor, aroma, all that, I like Centennial. That's it. 9% alpha acid. Begin uh, pellets at a five-minute edition, one ounce, 28 grams. Wow. Okay. So it gives you a, f- a fair amount of flavor. Sure. I mean, you could go. You can go later with that. You can go a little earlier with that. Yeah, you can play around with that. Uh, you know, you put it right at knockout. Why Centennial over Cascade? Uh, I don't know. I, I I like I like Centennial better than Cascade. Yeah. I think Cascade's fine, but yeah. Beer Republic uses a lot of Centennial and it's delicious. So oh yeah, you pick yeah. that up. Yeah, you like that. It's not over the top citrusy. It seems like right. it's like a little more subdued, but right. It's got it's got a little bit of everything in it. Yeah, yeah. Huh. No, I think Centennial is a great American hop and really produces a you know a, a flavor that's noticeable an aroma that's noticeable and. Uh, you know, it's it's much bolder and uh, fuller than Cascade. Right, just kind of stands out. I like Cascade. I like Cascade and sometimes in uh, more uh, smaller beers and more subtle beers. Okay, like especially in the bolder. Well, you know, like American Pale Ale sure. or you know something like that. A Cascade can be real nice. Okay, in uh, you know something this big, uh, this bold, you need a big bold hop. And yeah. I think Centennial is is the ticket there for you, and it's still available. So. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, it's sweet. Available. There you go. <laughs> Get ye to brewing. Yeah, with this hop crisis. Yeah. Yeah, it's not... And you could use Centennial for the bittering, too. Just up it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, if you can't get Horizon, you know, go Centennial. Centennial. 
That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, you know, high alpha you can get, uh, you know, no problem. Hmm. Yeah, Centennial's a fine hop. I think one of the things that kind of uh, maybe is holding back on Centennial is that uh, it's been around for a fair amount of time. Right. And so a lot of people kind of got tired of it. It's not new and exciting. Yeah. And now it's uh, come back. Yeah. And so it's like people are like, well, you know, they've kind of moved on and experimented with something else. But Centennial's a great standby. You know, it's a, it's a great, great hop. It's your go-to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can't go wrong with, with some <laughs> Centennial. Awesome. Uh, for yeast, I like to use uh, a real clean uh, neutral ale yeast. I think it's important to have... Uh, a clean, uh, neutral yeast for this style. You can go with some that produces some esters, but, you know, when you do, it really, I think it, it just... Uh, too much? Yeah, it can be too much. You know, keep it keep it fairly restrained. Uh, you know, most American styles are, you know, fairly clean. Sure. Uh, they're, uh, you know, fairly subtle in the malt category. You know, it's that clean two-row, mm-hmm. uh, clean yeast. It's got the you know, a lot of hop character. Mm. You know, things like that tend to be, uh, you know, uniquely American pub type beers. So I use uh, either the White Labs WLP-001 California Ale Yeast or the uh, Y Yeast uh, 1056 American Ale. Or if you're using dry yeast, the Fermenta Safale US U5. Five. Popular yeast right now. Those dry yeast are. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. 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 Huge. Yeah. Can't keep them in stock. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, my preference, I, I think that's fine. I've used that before. And in something big like this, it's probably uh, uh, even, even better because, um, uh, you know, y- you can easily get up to the proper pitching rate and uh, the off flavors of that that USO5 are not so noticeable in, in such a big beer like this. Mm. Uh, for me, though, I think the uh, the White Labs and the Y Yeast uh, liquid products are still produce a cleaner fermentation, and, and I've, I've just gotten so used to that. That's what I get know. a little bit odd stuff out of the USO5, kind mm-hmm. of a peachy, sulfury type of thing. And I just, you know, it just kind of weirds me out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's fine, and, if, and I think if I had started with that... Or I wasn't so picky about it, yeah. or hadn't done you know side by sides, and I started with like bigger beers. I probably would have just blown it off. Sure. You know, it would have been fine. But I, you know, I started out and did you know a lot of comparisons and you know and stuff where I could taste it, and it's just like now That's, it's ingrained in my head that, yeah. that it's there. You just can't go back. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, I, and you know I uh, I have easy access to uh, you know the fine liquid products, so uh, there's no reason for me you know to to use something else. So could a home brewer use an Irish yeast? I mean, that tends to be a pretty clean and neutral yeast. Yeah, you could, especially in the lower temperatures. Um, the only thing about that Irish yeast is I don't think you'd get as much attenuation. So if you're going to switch to something like that, you know, uh, you might go with a lower mash temperature. Okay. Uh, you know, especially in a bigger beer like this, uh, you know, the Irish yeast will do all right. But uh, you want to get at least, uh, you know, a 75% uh, attenuation on this. Uh, you know, don't uh, don't let it uh, end up any sweeter than you know the ten seventeen finishing. Okay, so you still want to balance maltiness to it, but yeah, still a dry, but yeah, that'll still have a little bit of sweetness and quite a bit of body. But uh, you know, um, one of the things that you know when when you want a bit of sweetness, uh, you know, you use a bit of crystal malt, and you'll get a bit of sweet sweetness. If you use a lot of crystal malt, you get a lot of sweetness. Right. Um, you know, if you use no crystal malt, uh, it's easy to kind of eradicate the sweetness. Okay. Now, 
for recipe formulation, let's talk about this with crystal malts. Um, when you were writing this recipe, did you make it first with out crystal malts, or did you just go right off the bat with crystal malts because you knew you knew you needed needed a little bit of sweetness to balance that roasted malts out? Right. Yeah, I went right off the bat with uh, the crystal malts. Okay. Because in this this style, I think you know a little bit of uh, the caramel flavor and a little bit of the sweetness is is appropriate. Okay. I think people are looking for that. And you had mentioned in your recipe that you use a pound of roasted, which is a lot, and mm-hmm. three quarters of a pound of chocolate. But then you also use a fair amount of crystal malt, forty three quarters, mm-hmm. three quarter pound. Yeah. And my question to you is: is does are you choosing in crystal forty based on the flavor impact and the complementary flavors that it has with? Chocolate malt and roasted malt? I mean, why not a 60 yeah. or a 15? I mean, how does a home brewer choose which crystal to use with what dark malts? Generally, what I what I focus on is um, you know, the character of the crystal malt. So the darker the crystal malt, the more raisiny and, uh, uh, you know, fig and, uh, you know, dark fruits it is. Uh, when you get down to around 40, it's kind of caramelly. Okay. And, you know, around 30, 40... You get that caramel kind of character, and then when it gets lower than that, it tends to be, you know, sweeter and less real caramelly. Oh, interesting. So, you know, you're kind of looking for complementary flavors that you you want in these things. And I think if you went with too dark a um, a crystal malt in this case, you would get something, uh, you know, kind of uh, more fruity and a little more... uh, you know, along those lines, and what you want is, um, you know, coffee and caramel. You know, like an American type of, uh, sure. you know, clean coffee and caramel, <laughs> caramel. with uh, you know some citrusy notes and and you know firm bitterness and kind of a, you know, once you you drink it, you get a fairly dry finish. I mean, this beer we're drinking now has a great caramel flavor to it. Uh-huh. Very That's smooth bit, yeah. and then dry and right. Hmm. What crystal do you think they used? Don't know. Okay, you know it might be around that that range, uh, but it's got some fruity character to it, so I wouldn't be surprised. It was more like a sixty or something like that. But forty is pretty common. Uh, I think you know every brewer out there eventually you use crystal forty. Yeah, I mean it's, it's, it's really common. Yeah. yeah, and uh, uh, you know one of the things about sweetness in a, in a stout like this is that uh, you know when you're when you're doing a lot of uh, dark roasted uh, grains. To get that that coffee chocolate uh, flavor, what happens is uh, you know if you if you don't have a little bit of sweetness to back it up, it can be real harsh and biting. Okay, kind of bitter. Or... Yeah, real bitter and sharp and kind of acrid and mm. you know unpleasant. Okay, and you add just a touch of sweetness to that, and all of a sudden it changes from that to you know from you know something biting on charcoal to drinking coffee or drinking espresso. Nice. So just so yeah, you want you want together. a little bit of uh, sweetness to ameliorate the uh, the harshness of the the dark crystal grains. What about mash temperature? Does that affect crystal malt impact? Uh, not really. Okay, not really. Just yeah. Thought it would. Huh. Okay. Fair enough. Why don't we take another break, and uh, when we come back, we'll dive into uh, the fermentation temperatures and uh, answer some questions from the chat room. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> oh, crap! It's the hop shortage! He's in the basement! Oh, please! My triple-decocted imperial pilsner! It's all gone. We'll never brew again. 
Damn this hop shortage. Damn it to hell. Was ist los? Hop shortage? Who are you guys? Ich bin Doppelbock. Ich bin Kölsch. Und ich bin Münchener Helles. We don't need a lot of hops to be delectable. Now brew something. Malzi. Use less hops, brew more beer. Northern Brewer has kits and ingredients for dozens of worldwide beer styles that don't require a lot of hops to make a great pint. Like the cool blonde Kolsch or the ponderously bottom-heavy Doppelbach. Keep drinking great beer. Order at northernbrewer.com and get flat rate $7.99 shipping anywhere in the contiguous U.S. One beer kit, $7.99 shipping. One million beer kits, $7.99 shipping. Together we can beat this hop shortage. Mm-hmm. Now get brewing! Just starting. Don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together, dude. Put some That's sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Network. <laughs> now back to the Jamil show. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. So good. <laughs> Did you like how I got so guitar good. hero? American football. Yeah. Fuck yeah. The Brewing Network. Fuck yeah. Brewing classic styles. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Come on. <laughs> I can't get a fuck yeah for Brewing classic styles? Come on. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's a great song. Yeah, you want to play Guitar Hero with me afterwards? <laughs> yeah. 
Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Another archive my kids will never be able to listen to. Yes. Oh, that was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, not not a song I can play around the house, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, your kids already heard it already. Be in my underwear, dancing on my desk. Yeah. I probably have to cut it out of the archive. Some people may not even know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, like it, it's just kind of unexpected on this show. Yeah, this I don't want to catch anybody off guard. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> it's good radio. If you're if you're expecting something like high class and uh, you know, uh, yeah, erudite, it was a listener. come to the raw <laughs> place. Like most of the chat room was requesting, so it wasn't you know it was awesome. listener right. based. All right, right. Well, thanks. <laughs> well, thank you. The guy who has the uh, the. Uh, the Christian website uh, <laughs> probably have to put a couple extra warning stars on this this episode. That's yeah. funny. Oh, he listens anyways. He's like, ah, yeah, these guys are just playing around, and uh, it's all right. There's there's good information secreted around in that show somewhere. So uh, no, he's a real nice guy. All right, <sighs> you ferment this bad boy. <laughs> I ferment it with yeast. <laughs> yeah, you do in a carboy. What do you think? Here's, you know, one of those beers. Somebody was asking me today, they sent me a recipe, and they said, uh, you know, am I going to need blow-off for this? I'm like, eh, no, 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 you know, and a lot of them won't. This one, you probably will. Yeah. And it's one of those, you know, even with a lot of headspace, if you're pitching an appropriate amount of yeast, you're going to just going to, like, shoot through the, uh, <laughs> the airlock and uh, make a big mess on the ceiling. So you want to be kind of careful. Uh, you do need about 14 grams of uh, dry yeast. Or three three liquid yeast packages, or make yourself a you know one liquid package and uh, and an appropriate starter. Ferment this at sixty seven degrees Fahrenheit, nineteen degrees C. Just dialed right at sixty seven. Sixty seven. Okay. You can start a couple degrees lower if you want. You know, sixty five, sixty six for the first day, and then you know get up to sixty seven, and then uh, you know hold it at sixty seven for the majority of your fermentation. In the last day or so, when things start to really seem like they're slowing down, you kick it up a couple of degrees, go to you know sixty nine, seventy up, up up around in there, and you'd be you'd be just fine, fine, fine. Would you recommend that for a higher gravity beer, or just because at the end? Well, You're at a 72, you said, and maybe you want to ramp it up just right at the yeah, end. Yeah, and also, you know, you're going to, you know, uh, absorb any, uh, help the yeast uh, eat up any diacetyl that's uh, remaining in there. Uh, that's important. You know, you don't want to, uh, you know, pitch too much yeast. You don't want to ferment too hot, too fast. You can end up with a, a green apple beer, acetylaldehyde, because okay. the yeast will just go ripping through, and they'll ignore the acetylaldehyde, a lot of acetylaldehyde that's made in between, and they'll finish early, and, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and they'll stop, and the acetylaldehyde be left over, and you know it just tends to be nasty. So, you know, controlled fermentation temperature is really one of the big things. Sure, uh, you know, and and people who, f- who follow that advice, they eventually email us and say, hey. you know, making the best beer I've ever made. You know, thanks thanks to you know the information you're giving out, and uh, you know that's that's an important part of it. Nice. Now, are you pitching ales cold too, like sixty five, and let them ramp up? Uh, yeah, I've been known to do do such. Okay. But uh, I'll also just start right at the temp and uh, then... Just let it rip? Yeah, I try and hold it at that temp. Okay. I don't want to... Uh, you, you especially don't want it to go up and down, up and down. You want to keep it steady. That's okay. more important than uh, a lot of things. And, and uh, you know, if you can't keep it cool and steady, instead of it going up and down, I would just go with it warmer and, you know, just hold it steady. Now, is your e-starter at room temperature? You just kind of... Oh, uh, yeah. So would you do it at room temperature right now in the studio? 
Uh, probably, yeah. You want to hurt? I mean... You don't want to get up um, really much past, like, 85. Okay. Yeah. Especially lager yeast. Sure. You, know, you don't want to get too hot. You can go up to almost 90, and uh, you'd be all right. Okay. But, uh, you know, you start to push it when you get too too hot. Yeah. Uh, with, with the style, could you do, like, your American Pale Ale approach, where you just do all Centennial at the last 15 minutes? And no bittering, huh? Uh, no. You do need some bitterness in there. Yeah, if if you were to do like a, an all late hop beer, um, the problem is you'd end up with a real resiny, uh, huge hop character. And that resiny, along with the sweetness and the full body and all that, it's too much. Okay. It'd be almost gummy. And really what you need is a firm bittering charge there to really kind of you know punch through a lot of the, uh, the the flavors and the sweetness and and be a firm backbone for the beer and add to the ground. dryness and stuff like that yeah interesting and just a just a bit of uh you know hop character you really don't want to go uh, overboard remember we were talking early on about you know you're asking about the difficulty of balancing uh you know some of that hop character with a lot of these other roast characters and stuff and uh, you know that's that's exactly it. You need to kind of balance it. So it takes a fair amount to get a enough flavor to come through a lot of the roast and stuff. But, uh, you know, once you do it, it, it the, the citrus doesn't tend to hide. So okay. it tends to come through pretty good. So you just want enough to balance it, and, and, and that'll do it, I think. Hops in general, why do they, uh, why does a hop varietal like Centennial just jump out? Compared to uh, Kent Goldings and Aroma, or you know what I mean, or because yeah. I've I've always go in the back when our hop lady's bagging up hops, uh-huh. and I always try to like I can guess it, I can guess it, mm-hmm. and they all they all smell the same to me. But when you use them and you boil them, something happens and huh. something's breaking down, and I then you can kind of like oh that's Centennial, that's Kent Goldings. Huh. I'm just kind of throwing uh, it out there if you know anything about. Yeah, you know they smell different to me though. They in, do. in the hop form. Okay. Yeah. You know, they all have a certain character that's the same, but, you know, there's other other oils and stuff, and, uh, you know, the, the Centennial is, is much uh, more potent than that. Mm-hmm. But see, you're probably smelling them when they're really cold and, Yeah, they're you know, just right on the fridge. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, take take a few pellets, warm them up in your hands, you know, put them in the, between your two, hand. palm of your hands, crush the pellets up or the flowers, hold it, hold your hands shut, you know, like you're doing a water squirty thing oh, in right, the right. pool, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, let, let the heat of your hands kind of volatilize the oils and then just take a sniff huh. in between your thumbs there and, and you know, get a whiff and, and you'll, they'll be quite different. Okay. And maybe that's, you know, you're noticing I mean. it at the boil, but I think, you know, when they're, they're cold and you're, you know, uh... Uh, the owners of more beer don't want you, you know, smashing up hot pellets. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll help in the customer. Bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so maybe maybe that has something to do with it. But if you if you uh, warm them up like that, you'll you'll get the character. Do you uh, smell your hops before you ever brew with them? I mean, oh yeah, I'll just make sure time. make sure like they're not bad before you throw them in. Uh, you know, I guess that that's part of it, but. Uh, I, I'm not really doing that. I just love the smell of hops. So. Right. You kind of just smell them every time. Nice. <laughs> it's like I always taste the grain. I always smell the hops. Yeah. You know, I always rub the yeast all over my body. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good yeast like karma, you know? Yeast yeah. love. Yeah. Yeast cream. Uh, Justin, do we have any uh, questions from the uh, chat room? We do. We do have questions. And uh, maybe just a quick uh, 
public service announcement for the listeners. Uh, if you're not in the chat room during the show, you should be. You're missing out on half the fun and a whole bunch of the Jameel Show listeners in there talking beer, which isn't always what happens on Sundays. But it does happen during the Jameel Show, so it's kind of fun. They actually talk beer. They're actually talking beer. See, this is the chat room i got to be checking out. Yeah. Well, they talk about this show, and then, but then they also ask each other questions about other beers they have happening, so it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. So join the chat during the Jameel Shows if you see them posted. All right, a couple of questions that came through. Somebody asked about your res- your recipe. Uh, instead of all two-row, mm-hmm. they wondered about doing a blend of Maris Otter and American two-row mm-hmm. to add a little complexity or something to it. Sure, you could do that. Uh, you know, the only thing I'd say is just be careful you don't go, you know, over the top and make it, uh, you know, too much where it becomes, uh, you know, hard to drink. Again, it should be a beer you drink by the pint. Okay. Uh, what's the uh, alcohol variance, the ABV variance of this style? I was asking it that. is uh, 5 to 7% ABV. That's pretty tight, isn't it? Don't most styles give a, a, a bit of a farther variance than that, or is it usually within just a couple degrees there? Usually it's less, I think. Really? Like 5 to 5.5%, or depending on the style. No. I, guess. I mean, some of them are bigger, some of them are smaller. Um, well, and I'll, I'll tell you this, I think the, the range on uh, on American Stout is um, a little low <laughs> okay for for that style guidelines because um, I think there's examples out there that are that are higher than seven okay but, uh, wow. and this beer is seven point two okay and it's you know it's within the guidelines as far as you know ten seventy five is the high end of the original gravity and uh, you're going to attenuate down at least to t- ten twenty two would be the the top finishing gravity on this so I'm at seventy two and seventeen. You know, and that's seven point two percent alcohol. So, uh, I'm not sure the numbers on uh, the range on the alcohol is. Okay. Maybe it's uh, it's a little low on this one. Uh, others were asking if there were any of of your little tricks on this style. Specifically, this person asked about like the addition of steeping grains later in the mash instead of mashing them the whole time. Anything like that that you do? Uh, no, I'm very straightforward on this. And you, you'll find most, you know, American pub beers, American styles are very straightforward, uh, you know, brewing programs, you know, single infusion and just toss it in and go. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know, like, Dr. Scott likes to do a cold steep on his roasted grains, uh, you know, overnight to get, uh, you know, a less uh, astringent uh, mm-hmm. or less uh, acrid uh, type of character. I, I don't bother doing any of that. Okay. Um, and then maybe along the same lines there, someone asked what effect would a low pH on this mash have? A low pH on this mash? Um, well, you know, the problem is if you're you're starting with low uh, pH water, then you can get uh, too low, and you know you can have troubles with fermentation. You can get all sorts of off flavors. You, you know, it really it can really ruin the beer. You don't want to get too low, so you need to be careful and, and you know keep your mash pH you know five point two or higher five five zero or higher. You okay. really don't want to get too low. All right. Would you go higher though because of the amount of dark malts you're using though? Just because uh, it, no, you know, whatever your mash, you know, once you've doughed in and everything's had a chance to rest for a little bit, yeah, you, know, you want to be around five two to five four. Okay. Um, you don't want to go, you know, too much, you know, one way or the other. I mean, is the pH impact the roasted malts a lot? I mean, oh yeah, 
Yeah, it can, it can be significant. So if we someone was using five two salts and they threw it in and they hit their five two five three mark, yeah. Yeah. and then you have a almost two pounds of roasted malts, could it be right. too low? The, well, the five two five three, I thought, uh, aren't you supposed to add that to the mash? You are. Yeah, yeah. And, it, yeah. and it's it's supposed to be able to handle it. Okay. Um, but you know, most of the water around, uh, at least around the U.S., eighty percent of the people are brewing with a pretty hard water. Okay. So you know, it's probably probably do just fine. I can just give it a shot, see what you come up with. But there's, you know, a pound and three quarter of a, a fairly highly kiln malt, so right. It uh, it can it can acidify fairly well. Okay. And then speaking of water, there was a question about are there any you know specifics in the water profile if they did want to mess with certain minerals? Is there something that there should be more of or less of in this water profile? Uh, you know, you can add, uh, you know, uh, some, uh, uh, minerals to it as far as, uh, uh, you know, step up your calcium and your, uh, bicarbonate and, uh, uh, you know, see, you know, I, again, I think, you know, if people haven't brewed a style like this before with the water they have, they should do that first. Okay. And then, see you know, if that's, yeah, if that's not working for you, you know, and measure things. Measure your pH and, you know, see how all that turns out. And then, uh, you know, from there, go ahead and adjust. But adjust, you know, minimally. And, you know, go with, uh, you know, get yourself a copy of How to Brew, John Palmer's book. You can pick it up in the uh, Brewing Network store if you don't already have one. And, uh, uh, you know, in there, he's got good guidance towards, uh, you know, mineral additions and a nomograph for... Uh, uh, you know your additions, and I think there's also he's got a, a nomograph or a, or, a, or a spreadsheet available on the uh, Brewing Network forum. There's a link for it there, and you oh, can okay. uh, use that to calculate what you're going to do. And and even that, uh, you know, I would I would not go all the way up to the number. I'd go just to, you know hold back a little bit from that because it's way too easy to overdo this. Okay. You know, you're much better off just starting out. You know, uh, Dr. Michael Lewis, you know, wrote the book Stout. Uh, you know, it's taught a lot of people to brew. Uh, you know, very famous uh, uh, in the, the brewing industry. And, you know, he says, you know, if you look at that book Stout, uh, he says in there somewhere, you know, as far as water, don't don't screw with it. Just brew with the water you have. And, you know, later on, maybe you tweak something, but in general, you brew just fine with the water you have. Okay. Does water, I assume water changes quarterly throughout the year. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. I was convincing somebody of that today via email. The the water that you get changes, you know, throughout the year, unless you're in some place that really, you know, processes or water. Uh, what happens is, you know, water comes from wells, water comes from the sky, you know, it rains. Certain times of year, it rains more than other times of year. And the, the makeup of the water changes throughout the year. So in the summer months, your water's different than in the winter months when you're getting more rain. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, so... Uh, that that makes a, a significant difference in your water profile. Right. In some areas, it's huge, absolutely huge. Where I live, uh, during the summer, they draw almost exclusively from wells. <laughs> during the winter, they get you know about half their water from the rivers. Oh, right. And when they blend the two, it's it's great. You know, <laughs> the river water by itself is too soft. Yeah, it's all coming bit. from snow melt and right. you know. Uh, and from rain, and it's, and it's a little too soft, and the well water's way too hard. So when they blend the two in the winter, um, I'm good. That's why I brew during the winter, man. Yeah. So it has a big impact. It's funny. I've noticed how my loggers are usually better in the winter. 
Mm-hmm. And when I try them in the springtime, they're just not right. Mm-hmm. They're good, but they're not right. See, it might be even you know different for you here, you yeah. know, d- depending on uh, what happens hmm. and where they're drawing from. They draw from different reservoirs for you here in mm-hmm. East Bay Mud. They're, they're you know they have different reservoirs that they draw from different sure. times of the year. Yeah. You know, so it uh, makes, makes a big difference. Would you suggest that if a home brewer is going to start manipulating their water with adding, you know, calcium chloride or gypsum, maybe do it quarterly, but keep, you know, copious amount of notes and yeah, document. Yeah, yeah. definitely do keep notes. You ought, to, you ought to be testing your water. You ought to be doing all that stuff. Okay. And, uh, you know, I think the, the easier thing is, you know, uh, or at least just to start, you know, do it without and, and see where you go from there. Just make beer. Yeah. Okay. Our one last question from the chat was... Uh, what do you think about using the higher end of the crystal malt scales, like 140 plus? And they're referencing, uh, they said that Rogue uses uh, a really dark crystal malt in the Shakespeare stout. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what you think about using those. Well, I think you can. Um, you know, a, a lot of that, I, I think, almost backs up some of the uh, darker malt flavors, uh, roasted malt flavors. And the only thing I kind of, you know... If you get into like the 80 love to 120 love in there, it's really a lot more raisiny, burnt raisiny, and figgy, and that isn't necessarily, I think, fits in with the style. So, yeah, you can experiment with a lot of different things. Okay. All right, that was it from the chat. It's all yours. Great. A recap? Yeah, a quick recap here. So, uh, for this, you're going to use, uh, if you're an extract brewer, you're going to use a, a, the pale uh, uh, liquid malt extract, 10.8 pounds or 4.9 kilograms. If you're an all grain brewer, you're going to use instead 15 pounds or uh, 6.8 kilograms of American two row malt, mashed at 154 degrees Fahrenheit or 68 degrees C. Uh, your other grains are going to be uh, black roasted barley, 500 love, 1 pound or 0.45 kilograms. Uh, chocolate malt, 420 love, 3 quarter pound or 340 grams. And crystal malt, crystal 40, uh, 3 quarter pound or 340 grams. Uh, hops, Horizon, uh, 13% alpha acid, a 60 minute edition, 1.4 ounce or 40 grams. And Centennial at 5 minutes, uh, 1 ounce or 28 grams. Use uh, White Labs WLP 001 or Yeast 1056, or uh, Safale USO 5. Ferment around 67 degrees Fahrenheit, 19 degrees C, and then carbonate it to 2.5 uh, to 3 volumes. And uh, should get you a nice American stout there. You should do well in competition with that bad boy. And, uh, you know. Drink it. Drink it. Drink it. John's famous last words. Drink it. <laughs> hey, isn't, there drink. A, isn't there a Bruce Strong shirt available in the uh, it's not. Uh, it's not officially available. Oh. But it will be. Because I was just hoping to get one. Not for any secret reason. Okay. Just that I just got them back from Cincinnati, and I have to inventory what's left. Right. But that is a good question. There will be Brew Strong shirts in the store probably this week. Sweet. There you go. Mm-hmm. I'll be placing my order. Mm-hmm. And if you want me to, like, wipe the sweat off, off of, of the of, chair off the chair with it. Uh, extra $2. Yeah, extra 2 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Call two buck chuck. So. Yeah, there you go. go. Yeah. All right. Good show. Good I think show. Uh, if you're listening live, hang on for the uh, Belgian blonde ale. Blonde. And uh, if you're not, uh, we'll see you in like uh, two weeks or so. There you go. All right. Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong.